0: From Kirkco Media. This week on Life Done Better. You know, you had you asked me this question before, is, is talk about your failures. Failures to me are a gift. They truly are. I don't learn when things are going my way. I don't learn anything. I learn when I fail.
1: Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill Young. Today, I'm talking to Katie Warner-Johnson, the co-founder and CEO of Carbon 38. Katie graduated from Harvard in 2007 and deferred her Wall Street analyst career to pursue her passion as a ballerina. After numerous injuries and draining recoveries, Katie decided to become a fitness instructor instead. Self-described as born in spandex, Katie has been part of the huge transformation in how women dress these days. Katie, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Jill. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Thanks for this contribution to the world. I'm so grateful to live in a time where fashionable athletic wear is celebrated.
0: You are very welcome. And thank you for crediting me with starting this trend. But it's honestly, women like you who created this trend, I'm just following the wave. I am surfing that wave.
1: (laughs) So tell me, describe the kind of woman you fell in love with when you were a fitness instructor. You said, I want to connect with these women. These women are like, this is my crowd.
0: So honestly, I fell in love with the boss the boss. We still call her the boss at Carbon 38. So if you think about it, I started my career in fitness in 2007 and 2008 hits. And look, I had a very short stint in Wall Street. And so did all my classmates as I went to Harvard. We all ended up on Wall Street after school. And um, in 2008, I watched all of my peers lose their jobs. I mean, mean, we all lived through it. It was just such a, a ginormous economic disruption and in a way really affected my client base, this boss. So I was teaching partners at private equity firms, MDs at banks, authors, actresses, but truly women who were titans of industry. And then also a group of women who had been on the charity circuit for the last decade while they were raising their kids and their husbands were the breadwinners and suddenly their husbands had lost their jobs. So every morning at 5.30, 6.30 and 7.30 AM, I would teach this group of women and they came through the financial crisis. This fitness workout was one of the most important decisions they made every day because they could build community. And ultimately, what I witnessed is these women took the bull by the horns and really took control of their careers. And so I watched unbelievable powerhouses turn around and launch their own firms or change careers or pop back into to business when they had been out for a decade while, while they raised their kids because their, their husbands were no longer bringing in revenue. And I really do believe that the 2008 financial crisis was an inflection point for this wave of leadership where this boss emerged. And, you know, it's also a huge spike in entrepreneurship and creativity. And so I have been devoted to her. So ultimately served her as a client, built Carbon 38 for her. And now as a boss myself, I have become her. And I think that's really what sets us apart at Carbon 38 is we have a very inside out approach and an empathetic approach to the future of female leadership.
1: Oh, yes. You totally speak to my heart. I love that you talk about female leadership. And, yeah. Yeah. and I would love it's, to know how many of your employees are yeah. female?
0: Well, our mission is essentially fueling the female economy. We are here to feel, fuel the female economy at Carbon 38. And, you know, that includes... The women that work at Carbon, but also the the vendors we work with. So potentially you know this or you don't, but Carbon Thirty Eight is a multi brand retailer. So we're kind of like Sephora of activewear. So we curate two hundred and sixty plus vendors we've worked with over the years, all the best of uh, performance fashion onto our site. And then we also have our own brand, Carbon Thirty Eight, and we curate everything from the big guys like Nike to you know upstart brands that we're just putting on the map. And that is actually our sweet spot. But what's really cool about what we do and what we're so passionate about is the fashion industry, 86% of the fashion industry is run by men and 99% of the activewear industry is run by men. So if you think of those numbers, what I'm trying to do is flip the script You know, honestly, I just want to see 50-50. I want to see even representation in these industries, but we've got to start by really building up the female leaderships. And then ultimately, of course, our end customer is this boss. And activewear is the first decision she makes every day. And there's a reason why superheroes wear spandex. It is the perfect material to get out of your way so you can really kick ass at life.
1: Wow. I love that bigger vision of creating this movement of getting more women in leadership positions and investing and becoming more equal as our male counterpart. That's the drive, not just, oh yeah, I want to create and I want to make women dress more comfortably and beautifully, but I'm sure there's a lot of headache too. Can you tell me a little bit about your favorite part of being a CEO and the least favorite part?
0: My favorite part about being a CEO are the people. Honestly, I started this company in a studio apartment in Beverly Hills adjacent, which, you know, if you're from L.A., you know, it's not that glamorous in Beverly Hills adjacent. It may sound like it because it, you know, has close to a 9021, you know, four or whatever area. Yeah, but when you
1: turn the Uh, corner, there's, you know, a whole other scene. not so great.
0: Not so great. And and so in my Tiffany Blue studio apartment, this is where I started. And now today, you know, we have a huge community of people that have caught fire to the idea and are believing and moving this forward. And the book, sapiens is something that has really influenced me because the idea of what sets us apart as a species is shared imagination is having the spark of shared imagination and passing it on to somebody else that ultimately how we exist in life is simply a figment of our imagination that we share so rule of law, religion, the glass ceiling. These are all things that we imagined. And starting a business is simply just a spark of imagination that you have to pass to somebody else. And to be able to do that and to have this idea catch fire to our unbelievable team here in LA, we have a store in New York, as well as, of course, a store here, a store staff. But then we also have 7,000 fitness instructors across the globe that serve as our ambassadors that are truly the physical embodiment of what we stand for at Carbon 38. And we don't treat them like a fitness instructor. I treat them like entrepreneurs because they are building their future. They are, you know, the stories of our ambassadors. It's amazing what they're doing out there. But ultimately as a fitness instructor, as you know, you're standing there as a leader. Cheryl Sandberg was a fitness instructor. It's a great training ground for leaders, but it's also a great place to find leaders that are leaders of their community. John Steinbeck writes about the hairdresser as being the pillar of the community. I think today, the pillar of that community is the fitness instructor. So it's all about having this idea of carbon 38 catch fire to this huge community of women and logarithmically expanding.
1: And you keep seeing it expanding. And what would you say is the least favorite part of your work? What is the energy zapping work? Because this sounds all like energy producing. You have so much joy talking about it. So what is the energy zapping work that you would rather like hand off, but you know, you have to do it yourself?
0: You know, look, I believe that the balance of work you want to do and work you don't want to do is 80-20. I'm probably at like a 60-40. So 40% of the work I do right now is stuff that I probably am not the best at. But I think the balance is 80-20. But you're always going to have to do stuff, especially as a CEO, that like if you're not going to do it, you have to slough up to somebody else. But it's your responsibility to sometimes pick up the hard stuff. Right Now, I think that flow, a state of flow, as a, as a former dancer... I know flow very well. It's a state that I always search for. And being an artist and being an entrepreneur, I think are very similar. It's all about channeling the human condition and representing something larger than yourself. When I was a dancer, it was the ideas of a choreographer or a composer. And I was the physical vessel for the audience. Now as a as an entrepreneur, it's you know essentially the market need, the boss, the boss's need, this idea of female economy. It's not really about me. I'm simply... You know, I've created the vessel that is carbon 38. And so being in flow is so important. But again, it's that 80-20 that, you know, I think you're always going to have stuff that zaps. Here's the thing. I'm really good at finding the joy in even the most mundane of tasks. Because if you don't, you'll drive yourself nuts because then all you'll see is the monotony. And starting a business is all about big ideas and whiteboarding and imagining a future you want to live in. But it is also about HR issues and legal stuff and IP and, and fundraisers. Some of that stuff, if you really take a step back and, and think about it, it can be daunting and it can be super draining, but instead I see it as a game and maybe that's the performer in me. It's always like, you know, let me put on a new costume and get out there and play the role of CEO and play the role of, you know, like <laughs> a board chairwoman, or, or to play the role of the ideal customer, you know, all those, you just learn to put those hats on and, and I think have a lot of fun.
1: That's really important, what you just said. Make it look like a game. Think of it, okay, I may feel resistance to the work that I'm doing now, or I'm really not enjoying, I'm probably not the best I can be, but instead of avoiding it or not doing a good job, being curious and learning the rules of this new game can make a whole shift energetically where you're like, okay, let me get well-informed. Let me ask questions. This is a really good one for all the listeners to think about when they're doing something that they don't love to do. Like, can you make this a game? Can you learn the rules of this game?
0: You know, you, you would asked me this question before is, is talk about your failures. Failures to me are a gift. They truly are. I don't learn when things are going my way. I don't learn anything. I learn when I fail. I also see feedback, you know, getting negative feedback, whether it's from a customer or an employee or a board member or an investor. I see feedback as an expression of care. In this time of COVID, look, I started this business at my kitchen table. And suddenly on March 11th, I was back at my kitchen table. And instead of despairing at the volatility of the market and the uncertainty as to whether we were going to survive, which certainly was in my head, I knew that that would be a waste of time. So instead, I focused on the pleasure of returning to where I started. And when I started, I had nothing to lose. So I could take big swings and big risks and be super creative. And on March 11th, when you know LA went into lockdown and the market was in free fall, I didn't have a lot to lose. I could take big swings. I could make those risky decisions I'd been put off that I had this dust cloud of COVID that allowed me to make strategic decisions that when times were good, I was afraid to make because I had something to lose. How can I turn this and turn this into something good?
1: yeah, why is this happening for me instead of why is this happening to me? It's like, oh, maybe there's a gift in this situation. And there usually is. So if you can trust that everything is happening for a good reason, but it's up to you to find that good reason and have faith, right? Having faith is so important in this process. And what you said was really interesting about the feedback, an expression of care. I find it a really wonderful way to look at feedback instead of, God, I'm doing something wrong. It's like, no, these people actually care and they want to help you improve.
0: Even if they don't care, even if it's out of spite, there's always a grain of truth and what someone's giving you. And either you can choose to ignore it because you just don't have the bandwidth and you don't want to deal with that energy. Or you can say, let me find the grain of truth and then use that. Because quite honestly, Oscar de la Renta said, the best revenge is living well. Even if someone comes at you, whether it's a bad piece of press or, you know, that just wants that salacious undercut, if you turn it around and take that grain of truth and use it to improve yourself, you've actually done more than if you just sat there and resented.
1: That negative energy is not taking up any expensive real estate in my mind. No, no way. I would like to ask you, Katie, are there any new surprising trends? What is hot and what is not?
0: Ooh, well, you know, let me let me talk about something that we have coming in a matter of weeks, actually, as I look at the calendar. So when we went into lockdown, a lot of those gyms immediately went into lockdown and a lot of those gyms and fitness studios aren't going to be opening on the other side. So we had this unbelievable community and we still do this unbelievable community that has been hit so hard by the pandemic. So when we went into lockdown, we initially, you know, I had a zoom call every single week with the whole group of them. We'd have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands at one point of instructors tuning in and we launched fitness on March 13th. I still remember the day streaming fitness classes on Instagram live, three classes a day. And we now we're still going three classes a day live on the carbon 38 Instagram handle. And we have 20,000 women a day tuning in. Nice. But what we've seen is this whole trend of now working out at home, which isn't going to go away, whether it's Peloton or mirror or, you know, the sweat app we're all using and working out in new ways because working out is the most important decision we make every day. It builds our prefrontal cortex it monitors our cortisol response. You know, all the good things about that, but how do we incorporate into this new world of being at home? So we are actually launching our own streaming fitness platform in Q1. And we've got this unbelievable community of content creators that are helping us, but it will be a subscription platform. And ultimately, not only do I want to take care of our customers and what they put on their bodies, I want to take care of our customers and how they work out and still provide a platform for all these amazing women whose studios may have closed and may not be opening for a while, a place to share their gift.
1: Wow, congratulations. That is a beautiful shift and it makes total sense. This is the big swing that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Big swing. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, look, I'm back in startup mode in a lot of ways where I'm going to take risks. I'm not going to be as perfectly polished out of the gates. I want to do a a lot of test and evolve and fail fast. That mentality is something that I lost a couple rounds of funding ago, and now it's back, and it's so cool. It allows us also, you know, we cut tons of inventory. We were going into categories that we just realized weren't working. Now we are very long on hot pink spandex. Black used to be our bestseller. Now color—it's all about color. We need joy in our wardrobes. Tie dye was has been the official uniform of COVID. It's not going anywhere. We had a tie dye email go out last week, and everyone's going crazy for the tie dye you know, out 10 months later, it's been wild to see. And what I think is so amazing is my sister's in private equity as an example. And she, you know, wears a beautiful cashmere sweater on her zoom, but she is wearing Harbin 38 leggings every single day. She gets up, she does her Peloton, she puts on her sweater, she puts on mascara and she, she goes to work, you know, she sits in front of her computer, but she's wearing those leggings i don't think that's going away no i I don't really think we are never Uh, putting on a pair of pants with a button again leggings (laughs) all day
1: every day all day all
0: day i'm wearing one
1: now (laughs) we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with katie warner johnson
0: On medicine, we're still practicing. Join Dr. Stephen Taback and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms.
1: Produced by Kurtco Media. Welcome back. I'm chatting with Carbon 38 CEO Katie Johnson. So, when I think about you as a busy CEO, what is the thing that you say? Well, that's just not something I can skip for my sanity.
0: Crystals. I go, look, I am not a woo woo girl. I come from a doctor's household. I am a scientist through and through. But when I got to LA, <laughs> <laughs> something changed. When I got to LA, actually, this is a fun story. But when I first got to LA, most stories start this way I was in a terrible relationship. With, I mean, well, a great guy, wrong relationship, and we had been together for eight years, and I was living in New York with him, and New York just became this super small town very quickly. I couldn't go anywhere without running into our circle that we had created together, whether it's through college or through work or through fitness or in performing arts. Like, I just couldn't go to anywhere in New York without running into people. So I knew I had to go someplace that no one knew me. So packed three suitcases and I booked a one-way ticket to LA. I land here. And thankfully the studio that I was working for in New York had a location out here. So I start teaching and this lovely woman came up to me after class. And she said, dear, are you single? And I said, "A oh, matter of fact, I am. So she introduced me to this lovely man who then promptly took me out. And our first date, so LA was a walk on the beach and then a trip to a crystal healer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the relationship didn't make it past the first date, but the crystal healers relationship and I kept going. And honestly, you know, I think there's something so powerful about positive intent. So my house is full of crystals and they are simply totems for good thoughts. It's almost like also works of art on your walls. The works of art on the walls in this home always remind me of people and things that make me stronger. And that's what a crystal is. So I am constantly reminded to cleanse my energy. Or I keep a little starter pack in my purse with a meteorite to help me with travel and uh, some sort of fossil that helps me with bravery and some other crystal that's supposed to make me more money and rose quartz to help me in love. I, you know, oh, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's sweet. Any, anyway, it is. It's all about the intention. So those yeah. are things that quite honestly, oh my gosh, my mother, we're listening to this. She'd be like, Katie, what has happened to you?
1: I love the positive reminders. Like it's a physical object. It's something you look at and, and every time you look at it or you know, you put it intentionally in your bag or your pocket or wherever you go it brings a certain strength and energy that is helping you feel better. So anything that helps you feel better and is not hurting anyone else and is not an addiction or an obsession, I would say, yeah, go girl. (laughs) I love that you shared that. What advice would you give the entrepreneur that has a great product, but not the money for a big marketing campaign? How can they grow their online sales these days?
0: So when I first started this business, I always saw The online world as this big machine I had to crack that like if you send stuff out through Facebook ads or Google AdWords, you were going to get money back, which is true, which is what happens. But you forget that what you're sending out into the world is an impression seen by a pair of human eyes. So don't lose sight of what that basic mechanics are between the human on the other side of that transaction who has you know, the credit card in their wallet. You have to appeal to that humanity and that human. And look, an ad that strikes them at the right time when they're in the right mood to buy, great. You know, that, that is what online ads are. But what's most important and really what we've built Carbon 38 on is this community of women that believe in us, whether it's the 260 vendors, it's the 7,000 instructors, it's our hundred or so employees, it's our hundred or so investors, or it's our, you know, 500,000 customers. Like the community is what we rely on. It's those human connections.
1: And so are you talking then about the emotions that we exude and that we want to connect with? Is it a problem that we're solving?
0: I mean, I think the ultimate thing is if you've created a product, it's usually to solve a pain point or a problem that you have in your own life. So if you don't have the big budget to spend on ads, get outside. I mean, quite honestly, it's how I started Carbon. I stood outside gyms and I told them, I didn't even have money to print pamphlets. (laughs) I told, about what I was starting. And I just said, it's called carbon38.com. Do you want to pull it up on your phone? Maybe one in 10 people would stop and talk to me. Um, but again, it helps you have a good esthetician. I was going to say, one out wow, 10
1: is pretty good, girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. You know, it helps, it helps. But, you know, just watching their interaction with the site, I brought my own computer sometimes and would, I would walk people through it. And, and then when I had a little bit more money, I printed out pamphlets and put them under people's windshield wipers outside gyms. I taught yoga at, at hackathons to hire engineers. But just in doing that, you're in front of an audience of hundred people representing your brand. Why not? I went to startup weekends and talked about it. So none of this actually cost anything. It, what you're really doing is taking a problem and catching fire. It's that idea, that shared piece of imagination. You're going out and making that human connection. And that is simply what ads are. It's just in a much more digitized, less human way. So get out on the ground, pound the, pavement and get that idea out there. It's a really good idea. It's a really good way of you know proof of concept. Yeah. The other book I would recommend is the four hour work week. That was one of my favorite, like kind of in my starter kit alongside sapiens, Tim Ferriss's four hour Workweek, Cause he talks about how do you get your idea in front of people to see if it is a valid idea before you pour any money or investment into it.
1: Good tips. And when I say the word resilience, like if you close your eyes, is there any event or time in your life that pops up?
0: I think life is about resilience. You know, I think that soon as you're born, it's all about how are you surviving and thriving? I've had multiple times in my life where I've had to call upon and strengthen that muscle of resilience. And probably the biggest moment that really got me into shape, what I'm calling upon right now in COVID, was when I had to end my career as a dancer. My whole life, Starting at age four was around ballet and that, you know, that was what I devoted my my life to. I thought I was going to be a ballerina. College wasn't on the the docket. I would leave school every day at noon, starting in seventh grade to train. And I truly felt this was my life's calling, the important work of being an artist. And I ruptured a tendon in my foot. And my career was over in a single performance, essentially, which is ultimately what launched Carbon. My whole life, every career choice I had made, whether it was fitness or dance, was about using my body. And twice my body had failed me. And at this point, I was literally flat on my back in a broken Murphy bed in that studio apartment in Beverly Hills adjacent. And honestly, I was so ashamed I was so ashamed that I had let down my parents, that I had let down the education I received, that I had been chasing this dream of being a dancer and my body had given out. And I was 28 years old and I didn't have a lot of career options. And so, you know, step one, I applied to business school and promptly got rejected from everyone that I applied to. And so then I was at even lower stakes. I thought there is no way I'm bouncing back from this. Like I have have no place to go. What am I going to do? Like I can't even be a teacher, a dance teacher or a fitness instructor. I can't use my body. And so then, you know, I thought I've got to pull myself out of this. And so that's where carbon was born. You know, I was like, I have to make my own opportunity. If I can't find it any other way right now, I've got to make it. And instead of wasting the energy on heartbreak, it was time to dust myself off and get to work.
1: That's right. Well, that story has resilience written all over it. Thank you for sharing that. Now let's talk about your heart. What makes your heart sing?
0: My team gets me out of bed every day. The opportunity to create something new keeps me going in the hardest of times. And, and then the people that I love are the ones I can always count on, especially in, in COVID where you kind of have to, you've, we, all of us have had to call down our friend groups I am so lucky that I have found a partner in Seamus and he is my teammate through this. We've gotten stronger and I've been so independent for so much of my life. I didn't realize what truly great partnership can do. It can make the two of you so much greater than the sum of your parts. And I really feel like I I have that. So here's my heart singing a little tune.
1: Wonderful. (laughs) Katie, I so enjoy talking to you and I could talk to you for hours and I'm sure we're going to continue this conversation, but how can we stay in touch with you? Oh, well,
0: Carbon 38 is the account. I think I post maybe twice a year on my own, but I'm just Katie Warner Johnson on Instagram if you want to follow. But because you are a friend and because I consider all of your listeners now part of our friend circle because they got to participate in this chat with girlfriends, I wanted to extend my own friends and family code to your listeners, which is just Katie FF, And it's 20% off forever.
1: Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah.
0: So even during this holiday time uh, or any time,
1: you want to give yourself a little gift but it's katieff at carbon38.com so so appreciate that okay let's order more stuff on carbon 38 <laughs> <laughs> this episode was produced and edited by aj mosley for Kurt Co. media audio engineering by jay whiting mastering by steve ricky Berg. thank you again to katie warner johnson for joining us today It's so important for us to continue to support wonderful small businesses like Carbon 38 during this pandemic. And please make sure you're continuing to wear a mask out in public. It saves lives. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day.
0: media